good well, evening. It is the Black Super Friends, hosted by the blackest of all the Black Super Friends. That'll be me, Zay, the ladies' man. Hope your weekend was wonderful. I see we have people that are celebrating here on the cast and in the comments. I'm going to bring to you my cast of best friends, brothers, my men in arms. I'm going to start with the unreasonable man today and see how his weekend was as we get into today's episode. Normally we go to the... Uh... I guess they didn't want you to speak, Chris. It's all right. But we wanted to know about your weekend, my boy, you know. But okay. Oh, man, my weekend was... I got ditched by my daughter. She uh, wanted to hang out with some of her new friends or whatever, and she ditched her daddy. But um, other than that, man, it was slow motion this weekend. Um, had, uh, yeah, just slow motion. Wasn't nothing major. Um, but I'm still here. I'm still kicking, so I'm happy to be here. What's up? What about you, Mr. Hardy? How was your weekend, man? Well, I don't know if you can see this. But I hope you can. <laughs> no, I ain't so, got my specs on. So, you know, this was another luxurious weekend looking at the Dallas Cowboys. See, I, I thought this weekend was going to be closer than what it was. A lot of people thought we were going to maul over, but I never uh, maul over uh, Belichick because he's a genius. You never can take that away. But, you know, for years and years and years, that uh, New England Patriots have put smut on my team. <laughs> this year, we whooped that, we patted that, and then, you know, I didn't hear a lot. I didn't see a lot. You know, normally I get a couple texts, a couple memes. My Instagram and Facebook seem a little dry this year, you know, since the Dolphins are in a slump like normal. The Patriots can't get over themselves. The Giants looking a little small. The Washington Redskins ain't been nothing since they not the Redskins no more. The Eagles. I can go on and on and on. But at the top of the ladder, it's going back to what it should be, you know. And America's getting back right, y'all, because America's team is 5-1 and one going into the break. Y'all sit back and get ready, because if the Dallas Cowboys go to the Super Bowl, you bet you we'll be going live from the Super Bowl. <laughs> go ahead. Chris. Magnifico. Good evening. Every year, though. Listen, I actually, when I seen that five and one, and I seen them snatch another defeat from the jaws of victory, I really knew it was time to look upon the Lord and see to get my life together because the Cowboys win. It has to be a sign from above. But yeah, this weekend, man, right after this show, I'll be going to sleep. I've been traveling. I tell all the players out there, single men, high-value men, there are some locations that need your uh, accommodations. D.C., Washington, D.C., Virginia, Houston, Dallas, Toronto. Oh, they're looking for brothers. They're looking for men. They're not asking for cash apps. They're not asking for a lot. They just want a man. And they appreciate you up there. They'll even come up to you and offer to take you out to dinner and everything. Oh, it's so amazing. So that's all I got to say, ladies, man. Did you beat oh, some? <laughs> that's always fifth. also important. I plead the fifth. Okay. That was, yeah. meat, then. that was his meat then. Well, 
in uh, this week's news, current news, we've had several black men that have made headlines uh, from Colin Powell uh, to Larry Miller, who was is a uh, top exec at Nike Jordan down to Julius Jones. And I wanted to kind of highlight Julius Jones a little bit more because in bringing up Julius Jones, I had no knowledge of it. So I had to go and do some research to see what exactly was this all about? Because at first I was thinking Julio Jones, but and then oh, was I sadly mistaken? Because this is way more in depth than that. So Julius Jones, if you haven't heard, he's a ex cowboy fan, uh, ex cowboy player who is wrapped up in a murder that he has from the beginning of time said that he did not commit, but he was found guilty. So some of the things with it, and people have been rallying behind him, saying uh, to stay his. Uh, execution because in oklahoma where he's located they he's on deck to be killed for something that he did not do and it's crazy because yet again there's evidence overwhelming that suggesting that he did not do it however they're you know setting up to kill another black man so that's troubling for me and also uh if you are a black man in america you should be afraid when you see things like this because it's almost like emmett till coming all the way back around again but um some of the things when i went to investigate and do some research on this that came about that kind of looked like the regular run of the mill whenever a black guy is accused of killing someone who is of the uh, another race and usually white came right up to the forefront so julius night julius jones at age 19 was convicted and put on death row so i'm gonna just hit these points um so he's 40 years old now so he spent half of his days on earth behind bars behind the crime that he definitely said that he did not do and the craziest part about it is with new and compelling evidence it suggests that he has not committed the crime yet they have the state attorney's office has upped the date to get this man out of here before the end of october they want to have him executed so that's crazy to me um you have 6.3 million people who have signed the petition and the, and the numbers climbing every day for them to stay the execution uh, Mr. Jones, who at the time stated that he was home and it's proven that, well, I can't say it was proven, but stated that he was home eating dinner with his parents and his sister, even though their witnesses didn't work. He's still he's still convicted, still on death row. Mr. Jones did not match the description um, of an eyewitness that was there. And the craziest part about it is Christopher Jordan, who was his co-defendant in this in this thing and who ultimately took the uh, took a plea and turn state evidence against Mr. Jones matched the description to the T of the eyewitness. Crazy, right? Yeah. Welcome to America. The craziest part about that is Christopher Jordan, who was identified as the killer, stated he was not the killer, but only the getaway driver and insisted that Mr. Jones was, and the state went for that. So in addition to this thing, he's the state star witness with being positively identified as being the killer he's a state star witness i want you guys to catch that now in exchange for his testimony they gave him 50 15 years which made sure that he was free right now today to kill again if he so chose but he's free some of the things of uh, the racial bias that came up inside of this thing i'm sorry about that before we even get to the racial bias let me not leave out that three men who were locked up with mr jordan who was the guy who was, you know, eyewitness, that's the man, stated that he had actually confessed to them. 
These three guys don't know each other, but they were locked up with Mr. Jordan at three separate times. Yep. These guys gave a confession, never got a reduction in sentence, or you know, any light was made of, of the information that they had shared. Amazing, right? Hmm. Now, um, and he talked about or bragged about framing Jones for the murder as well. So now that was that. Boom, move that to the side. Let's start talking about the racial bias. The guy that he's accused of killing, Mr. Howell, he was a white man killed in a predominantly white neighborhood. The police officer that actually arrested Mr. Jones called him a nigger and dared him to run because he wanted to shoot him. Man, amazing, right? Welcome to America again. And then 11 of the 12 jurors were, guess what? White. White. One of the jurors even called Mr. Jones a nigger. Man, amazing. And they still found him guilty. So, I mean, mm, the craziest part or just the, the icing on the cake for me when we looked at when I looked at everything and researched it was just this. The attorney, the district attorney, his last name is Macy. He's from Oklahoma. His death convictions for the black rape has been high. However, what's been going on is they've been overturning them so far. Ten now to date have been exonerated and freed of having their life taken away from them. And we're fighting right now to see if we can get Julius Jones to be the 11th one. That was some of the information that I came across when I knew nothing about this as we first began this conversation, which blew me away. But when I thought about America and what we live in, is it really so uncommon? It's sickening. But us as black men, I know that they say you're innocent until proven guilty. But it almost seems like we're guilty until we can prove ourselves innocent, which is a very harder road to go. But I digress. That's what I came up with. I don't know if you guys had gotten a chance to read into it at all. I know Chris, you would amen to me on some things. So yeah. I was on point a little bit. Uh, yeah, you had some um, some fallacies in there. He didn't play for the Cowboys. He got arrested at 19. So you're not even in the NFL at that time. Uh, 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 I researched it. He played for the Cowboys and the Seahawks. Before at night, yeah, yeah. who knows? Mm -hmm. Okay, all right. Um, so well, I, a lot, of, and then a lot of things you say, yeah, I, I researched doing my research, I, I seen that also. That prosecutor, I think they called him Cowboy Joe, he he really, really, really railroaded a lot of guys. He's dead now. He had, <clears throat> um, he was found guilty of tampering with evidence and things like that. That what made led to the uh, over the things being overturned and a lot of the prisoners getting out. But um I'm seeing we starting to see this a lot more often, man. Um y'all heard that story about the rich white man that was sentenced to death wrongfully accused. Y'all heard about that one? No, nah. me neither. What about the um Asian man that it happened to? He was wrongfully accused on death row. You ain't heard about that one? Me neither. Yeah, I think they hit it. Me neither. The point is, the point I'm trying to make is this happened to a specific sector of people. It, generally, it happens to a specific sector of people. Now, I believe that it's racially uh, motivated, but I also think that it's a, um, it has something to do with our justice system. Our justice system, Julius Jones is in jail right now because of his economic status. He's, his prosecution, I mean, his, um, what's, what's the, his attorney was trash. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't have they didn't research. They didn't have um, the uh, money to investigate 
and that happens to a lot of us, man. We go, a lot of guys are in jail or face or facing death sentences because they don't have sufficient legal uh, representation. And that's an economic system, just like the, the economic problem, just like the bail system and all that, man. I, I just think that racism, uh, economics play a huge, huge part in this, man. And I think that um, it's sad that we got to continue to go through this, but I, I hope that um, all the work that's done on the side can get this man free. And especially like you said, man, he doesn't even fit the description. They said the man that had hair coming out of the hat. This man was shaved at the, at the had a low cut at the same time, man. It's just and and the guy confessed to it, so it, it's it's heartbreaking to me. Yeah, I want to just make show. I just want to say this before we leave. Uh, he played for the Oklahoma Cowboys. He was a freshman in uh, university, so that's the Cowboys he played for. It was they say Cowboys, but that's what he played for. He was a freshman in Oklahoma. When he got arrested, so I just want to make sure that they get out here. I got a question. I want to make a, a quick highlight, and this is something I learned years ago. It's an ugly story. It's an ugly truth. When you realize that even the prison system is a part of the stock market, is big business. So a lot of times, uh, I learned ten years ago when we had our governor in Florida get sued by a private prison agency because the governor promised them that he would keep the all prisons at 80% capacity. That way they can actually make a profit. And when for a couple of years ago, we weren't going to jail, they were suing the state of Florida for failing. And all of a sudden you start seeing a lot of people going to jail with some more bogus cases and getting sentences. The sad part of that is a lot of us have been unfairly unfairly targeted with ify sentences for free labor. And yeah. a lot of times, and I, we have had this happen over and over, somebody that should be free. But the reality is, even with all the evidence, usually they will still execute that person. You know why? Because if they do exonerate them, now I got to pay them money, sometimes millions, for the time that we stole away from this person. So to lead off on that, I always tell y'all, no, in America, there's no justice. It's just us. Go ahead, Zach. Uh, that's the next oh. point. Colin uh, Powell. Yeah, no, I was going to tell you, uh, Colin Powell. So this morning we got news that Colin Powell did leave us. Rest in power, Colin Powell. Some would say, some would say, rest somewhere else. Um, Colin Powell was the first <laughs> African American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Secretary of State. Yeah, it's left the opinion, man. But I'm just telling you, it's, it's how they see him. Put it coming. Nope. So you ain't gonna disrespect my Colin, man. Hey man, might need to get your colon cleansed. Check the back. <laughs> you got to check the background now. Now, um, colon is the Paul's. first African American Secretary of State, also the uh, Joint Chiefs of Staff for the United States under George W. Bush. He came into play and into power and stayed his reign for forty decades. So you know, for that, kudos to him for his accolades as a black man and the things that he's done. Now, um, he died, which is ironic because the way that they're pushing the COVID-19 vaccination upon people, this guy was fully vaccinated and still perished. So for the individuals who are non-vaxxers who just haven't gotten the ah, feeling inside of them where they want to go forward, where they're not comfortable enough, this doesn't make it any better. But, you know, you have government officials saying what they say as far as vaccinations and saving lives, but we don't see where it actually is. 
But I just want to say rest in peace, Colin Powell. You know, he's a, a Jamaican descent. So you already know Colin Powell is all through my house and my family. They revere him. They regard him uh, for his accomplishments and achievements in the United States. But, man, rest in peace. Loss of an iconic figure. What do you got for him, Horace? Because I see that was your colon. That's my guy. Listen, there's no secret that when I got into politics, I was a raging black Republican. And uh, Michael Steele and Colin Powell were two people that I actually talked to. I got a picture on Facebook of me and Colin Powell. And I thought, to be honest, I thought that the hash, the media was disrespectful. Colin Powell dead in 84 due to COVID uh, complications, which was misleading, is false, and it's still always still trying to push an agenda. We've seen a video, one of you guys shared this week, saying how they're using COVID. Like, if you had COVID at all before, and you die from something else, it's still going to be listed as a COVID death. And I'm getting pissed over that because I felt like you insulted this man's legacy. Uh, as much as they go after our black officials, for you to have someone that was respected by all presidents, uh, someone who was an advisor, even Trump, I mean, to all, uh, Colin Powell was somebody that was classy, who identified with people. For white America to even ask this man to run for president, says a lot about uh, his character. He survived by his wife, Alma, who was a Fisk University uh, alumni. Um, to, for him to be the 65th Secretary of State, like that's huge. People don't know after the VP, if something was to happen to them too, Secretary of State steps in as the president. So the honest part about it, uh, he was 84 and he was battling cancer. And I forgot the form of uh, cancer that he was Battling, but you know, in that shape, you're in a maloma, yeah, something like that. So, you're in a weakened state, and you know, he's 84 years old. Uh, but I, I just felt like I was insulted by that. But I will say for Chris, he had a lot of wise, uh, and, and I don't even have to think, but he had a thing where he was known for the three, 13 rules of leadership. And if you Google that, he has some uh, sayings that people repeated and he was famous for. I know one of them was simple. It was like, get mad, then get over it. But if you go and look at some of his stuff, I would definitely say the colon was somebody that we could respect uh, in government, whether you are the Democrat or Republican. Uh, the brother actually stood on his own, especially during the Trump administration, where he said, I'm, I'm black, I'm not Republican or Democrat, so I respect him. So I just got to say that, Mario. Hey man, you know, um, uh, Colin Powell. Like, I think the biggest thing you got to say about this is, and everybody say bipartisan, bipartisan. Like everybody respect him. Like you know what I'm yeah. saying. I mean, I say everybody. I mean, like on both sides of the, the table, they still revere him as one of the smartest black men to ever grace the uh, the White House. And I think that right there is it get glossed over sometimes, but. I think that's very, very record. You know what I'm saying? It should be noticed amongst everybody. But that, you don't get a lot. That right there, you don't get a lot. So I just want to say, whatever he was doing in there, in the way he talked, in the way he was able to, uh, to get into rooms and still grasp the floor and make people understand that even if we don't share the same views, that we all have the same agenda, and that's for America first, then um, as a black man, I think, and like Jay said, I mean, um, Zay said, uh, Jamaican descent, descent, man, that's crazy right there for the 
America that we know. We just got through talking about it, to respect him in such a high regard. So he definitely would be missed, and I think he would be missed so much because of what Horace said. Not to go on. When he first got into politics, he was able to have somebody that looked like him, and he could go to and talk to who had a work of knowledge. And that right there, missing those years of knowledge, those decades of understanding and what he went through to just go away like this before he can really sit down and start teaching on a higher level was like, you know, hey man, it will be missed and we needed that now more than any time. Oh man. So um like I said, rest in peace, Colin Powell. I wanted to bring uh to the forefront something that was uh very interesting a story that came by um for the Nike representative uh Larry Miller. Yeah, that's my boy. Yeah, I'm gonna let you kind of go into depth with Larry because he's of the Nike Jordan brand, if I'm not mistaken. But he's a very high-ranking CEO and he's a black man. Yeah, he's actually the chairman of Jordan. So most of the information on the commercials, the the marketing, and just the brand Jordan, like him choosing people and venturing out and then branching off from Nike into the whole brand of Jordan. Most people don't understand, like Jordan is their own brand. Like you got Nike, then you got Jordan, which is a subsidiary, but very high one. Um, he's the actual chair chairman of that. And um, lately he's he, he's coming out with a book right now, a memoir of how he went from the streets as a gangbanger as a youth and um corrected his life and became the chairman and of one of the um biggest billion dollar shoe brands in the world right now. And in that interview of telling about his memoir, he admitted that uh when he was a youth, that he killed a rival gang member. And when you hit an uh, interview, I haven't read the book or anything yet because he was just talking about it, but when you hit the interview, it was like, yeah, you know, one of his uh, friends that got shot when they were young and all of them were drunk at the age of 13, between the age, you know, like 13, he joined the gang. So, like, when he was 16, 17, 18, most of his friends around that time, one of his uh, fellow gang members got shot and they were just one looking for revenge. And they went out looking for revenge and couldn't find a suspect, but they found somebody on that side of town and then killed him. It was an 18-year-old boy. And I think he did time for it as a couple stints in um, prison, so they said, in detention center and everything. He was a troubled youth. But then he cleaned his life up. He said he never lied about it. That's why I can't wait to read this because it, it intrigued me because he said, I never lied about it, but I hid it from everybody so they didn't find it. And that was remarkable to me to think that a black man climbed the ladder to the top of a billion dollar shoe company and nobody never brought this up. So whoever his team was that hid this is amazing. And and those people right there should be commended because yeah. we got people getting on a death row right now for something that they know he didn't do. And this man did time for killing somebody and nobody never heard of this. <laughs> this is amazing. amazing. Uh, that's what I got so far, and I just wanted to bring that to the forefront because he has a memoir that's going to be coming out about um, redemption and how you shouldn't throw a kid's life away because he can actually turn his life around and become something productive into the society. And I think that's worth reading and passing on to a lot of our youth right now that's that made bad mistakes and think their life is over. Did y'all guys hear anything about that? Yeah, yeah I heard. I heard something about I, I have a unique perspective on this one. Um, I, when I was attending Horace Mother Church uh, Bible Teachers International, they I constantly heard them say 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 this thing: "I'm not of this world." Um, so they made a separation between the natural world and the spiritual world. 
and they would always say we are not of this world. I think this, I think that same concept applies here. When you decide to go into um, the gangster lifestyle, you're no longer a civilian. You, you, you live by a certain code. You live by something different. You know what I'm saying? When you're a civilian, you don't have to live by those same codes. And I know this sound, may sound harsh, but when you choose that lifestyle, you take what comes with it. So when he goes to kill another rival gang member, that's the life that they, they accepted when they decided to be in gangs and things like that. So for him to come out with this now, I, I don't know. I don't know the purpose. I really don't know the purpose of it. These are, these are things that you have to accept in that lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? You take this, you take this with you. You take this pain with you. I know. I know a lot of the family members may, you know, may hurt from from the losing their family members. But that's again, your family member accepted a lifestyle that's unlike yours. They they're not of this. They're not of this world. When you accept the gangster lifestyle, it's something totally different. And death comes with that. Jail comes with that. So yeah, you can get upset and you can be sad, but that's what comes with this with that lifestyle. So I don't. I don't know if that man, I don't know if I salute, I guess I salute him for coming out with the truth or telling the truth, but at the same time, man, no, that's just, that's a part of, of the lifestyle he, he uh, accepted, but that's, that's just what I think. Zay, what you got? Um, I thought that it was remarkable. I mean, initially upon reading the story, seeing the headlines, and that's why you can't just go by the headlines, you got to actually read in depth. I was thinking, what a dummy. Why would you do that? Like, you know, there's no statute of limitations on murder, right? And then as we read and we learned, okay, you know, he had, you know, got convicted, did some time. We're like, okay. So now it it, it kind of hit. I went back to what Mario was saying. That's amazing. Adam Silver, your friends with Adam Silver, they don't know. Michael Jordan, and, and he doesn't know. You know, think of the money and the resources that these guys have for them not to find this information. When you or I try to get a simple job, they have a system called LexisNexis in which they run our background and they can tell us everything. From the time we got here and he was able to obscure that man that's that's a feat to be told but i think in his memoirs um that is going to serve as an inspirational piece especially for individuals uh coming forth coming up because it's some guys that may not have gone to the extent that he did but think that their life's off track and unsolvable and that's the perfect story for listen if he can do it so can i so I, too, can't wait for the book to kind of read and learn a little bit more because I'm intrigued. Like I said, off of the initial headline, I was dumbfounded. But then to learn the information that I learned, I'm like, OK, that's remarkable. <clears throat> now I want to know. So I don't know. What do you think, Horace? Well, when I first read it, I thought, OK, you got to be a dummy <laughs> yeah. to confess something as a black man in this justice system. You know what I mean? Especially when we see that. Ain't no statute of limitations. Like, they even revising that. Uh, but then when Mario told me the story about he served some time for it, uh, then I was like, okay. Then I tried to figure out, well, is he doing it for, like, self-gratification or is he trying to make a point? Like, one of those redemption stories, like, hey, look what I did at this age and look what I was able to achieve. Like, don't throw the kid away type thing. But me personally, uh, I was confused. And I'm interested to see how people react to him now, those same friends, how they mm -hmm. ate, how they act. Because, you know, on that level, you know, image is so, you got so many people in your ear like, oh, well, maybe you shouldn't be, <clears throat> you know, associated with him. Or, hey, you do you really know him? Or 
hey, can you trust him? He murdered somebody. A lot of people on that higher level seem to be judgmental and a little fickle. So I'll be interested to see how it goes from him. And hopefully we don't see in 30 days where it is a, uh, a mutual agreement where he's, you know, no longer in that role. So hopefully that's – hopefully we get some – Good out of that story, but I damn sure won't. I wouldn't confess to nothing. Me personally, that's gonna be me and the Lord. Maybe right before yeah. I close my eyes, but the way they locking Negroes up, boy, I ain't confessing to nothing. Sound about right to me. <clears throat> I take it to the grave. Take it to the grave. I, I, I would have. I'm sorry. You had a uh, feat this weekend, man. That uh, I think is worth talking about, man. Was, <clears throat> like, share share some light on that. Well, it's not so, so much me having a feat. It was more that it was more of my sister, man. And I'm I just want to say I'm super duper proud of her, man. She's had uh, a pretty rough last year, but uh I just like to say I'm super proud of her. She was she just she went to North Carolina for an art uh, an art exhibit. Um the artist, the photographer name is E. Mackey. Basically, what he did was he started um documenting the Black Lives Matter protests. It started with the um, Ahmaud, John, Ahmaud Arbery, and he just went documenting, phot photographing the um, protests in the, a lot of the major cities. And then he went from that, he went to photo, for, photographing the victims of the, of the um, police violence at these protests. And that's how he linked up with my sister and made it, and then finally got made an exhibit it got picked up by the Harvey B. Grant Center, and uh, man, the, the, I didn't get to personally go. My sister went this weekend, but the videos from it was amazing, man. The way this man captured that moment, um, I posted it on my Instagram page, and all I could think about was public enemy fight the power. Like when I when I was watching it, man, and it, and it, it was really really compelling. Um, he also has a book coming out called Lift Every Voice. I suggest you guys. Search him up on um, Instagram. Check out that book. But I thought the exhibit was amazing, man. It tells it tells the story of a lot of the victims and a lot of it chronologizes chronologizes um, a lot of the things that happened in these Black Lives Matter protests. And as you remember, that was just last year. So it's almost like we forget those things um, happen. But um, yeah, I, like I said, I'm, I want to say I'm super proud of my sister, man, for being able to go back and just see that see those pictures now, I, I know it's art now but think about the memories that it brings back to her you know what i'm saying and i, I still get shaken up by seeing the one picture with the band with the bandage and the eye man because it, i it takes me back to when it happened man i felt so helpless you know what i'm saying you know how it's your sister if something happened to her you just go you just want to go beat up whoever it is but you're you fighting a whole system, a whole police force, the whole mindset of people, and it made me feel de defenseless for her, and, and that was a really, really tough feeling. But that's it's not about me; it's about it's about her. And uh, just like I say, I, I want to say I'm super proud of her. But you, if you get a chance, check out that exhibit. Um, it was in North Carolina. I don't know where it's going to pop up the next time. Uh, I look forward to going myself. But uh, but yeah, Eve Mackey on Facebook. Um, yeah, check it out. Chris, I must say, I seen the the story shared, right? And we shared it on the Black Super Friends. Thank I believe you. that that picture is going to be iconic. 
I've never, I haven't seen a picture in a while that you can identify with. Like, so I don't know, shout out to the photographer, but shout out to your sister for having that courage, man. That picture just has depth to it. And there's certain pictures where you can see and you can feel it. I feel it. So I think that picture is going to end up being iconic. Uh, cause when I see it, it always makes me feel a way. Uh, I I definitely was going to say shout out to Toya for the bravery of that because I know what she endured and and your family as well during that time but for her to okay it for them to use that uh, as a beacon or a symbol of of hope that instill you know we're still rising we're going to still be here and peacefully protest or use our amendment rights in an effective way you can't stop us is what i seen from that so you know toy i want to let you know that i'm proud as proud as your brother proud as another big brother of yours could be because like i said that takes bravery some people will shy away from that because you know it's not your normal beautiful face but you know what that pain is is i don't know how to even put that that pain is the investment that you have in into what you actually believe in and man the picture, the initial picture, it just brings me back to that day when I saw that initial picture. Like, we all hurt. Like, we protect her. We make sure she gets on. Nobody bothers her. And for that to happen, like, damn, like you said, Chris, it does make us feel helpless. Like, we can't even protect our own. But how can we against a system like that that's set up for us to lose? So, Toya, shout out. Um, I, I hope it does go down in the history books, and I hope it does become an iconic picture, something that you can proudly display later on and talk about how you were there in all your efforts on the front line for people. What about you, Harden? I know I'm so I'm proud of Toya and everything she did. And um, the mural is amazing. Like, you know, when we looking at them pictures and how he captured it and just knowing, you know, that was, that wasn't that long ago, but to see that that will be etched in um, because just like we see Martin Luther King having his speech and then Malcolm X, you know, those are pictures that we see from the, 60s and the 50s when they talk about this kind of stuff like this because this time we'll be talking about it. you know what i'm saying and then those that picture right there and that whole little tribute he had not little but that tribute he had was amazing mm-hmm. i'm talking about that's really art that that he took and made to a moment i think that's uh that's amazing i just you know but i think i was mixed feelings about it because just knowing that you know knowing that that's crystal sister knowing toy is still kind of like man like she really went through that, you know what I'm saying? You know, just to me, you know what I'm saying? You know, I, I'm not saying it's not good for the woman, but it's still like, damn, that's really fuck. Like, she was really out there knowing she don't hurt a fly. She right. Was out there trying to protest, you know, just let her mouth, be, you know, her, just to say what she feel, and that happened to her to the point of it's just ridiculous, man. This this, this situation and this 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 uh state we live in, this country we live in. It's still ridiculous to me, you know what I'm saying? Even though I'm glad what brother uh, brother did, it's just still a ridiculous situation that she had to go, her and many people had to go through that, you know what I'm saying, with really no justice, because it still was no justice out mm-hmm. of it, you know what I'm saying? We are taking lemons and making lemonade, but that really was still no justice in that situation. I don't know, Hardy. I want to say something that we keep overlooking. Sometimes, man, when we as we grow, things start to activate inside us that we don't even know was inside of us. Let's not forget my one of my favorite uh uh civil rights leader was Fannie Mae, Fannie Lou. And that's the same blood that's that Chris them have. So 
maybe that's that next generation uh, continuing the fight. So never un- overlook that either. Shout out to Fannie Lou Hamer, my grandmother's sister. And well, please the last watch. One. I hope to watch. the last one because I hope nobody else in your family go through that. That's watch some of her old videos and clips, man. You would be amazed. That was probably the realest. We always applaud all those other people, but I don't think you have never met anyone like Chris, uh, grandmother's sister. Like she was real, fearless. So uh, Mississippi, bro. Go watch the video. I swear to God, y'all be in there like, boy. So listen, do I take the reins back for the viewer questions, eh? Do you think? I don't remember. Hey, so we had a viewer question that came in. And, you know, uh, the person will remain nameless. But we take on all kind of challenges and questions, to be fair. And the question was worded as so. Why men, single, hashtag, why men, why single men claim to have their SHIT together but never have a place to stay? Mm. Uh, I'm going to go with that. Man, so why men that are single claim to have their sugar, honey, and iced tea together but never have a place to stay? I think that's an incorrect statement. They got to stay somewhere. They're not homeless. They just may not have anywhere for you to come. And and that's that's probably what the question may have, <laughs> should have been. But they definitely got somewhere to stay. But uh, you should ask yourself the question of, if he's saying that he has his, his you know, his sugar, honey, and uh, iced tea together, and he doesn't have anywhere to stay, why are you talking to? But that's a question for another segment. I don't know, Chris. What do you think? Let me what hard you have to say first. <laughs> he normally have a he, he the one accepted this question. Now I got beef with that, but I want to hear what he got to say. Uh, I I think. I think I'm gonna have something to say once we have more conversation on it. Cause I took the con- I took the question and I knew there was gonna be a trigger for Chris. He got damn uh, right. <laughs> Star ass, hating ass, goddamn bitter ass, mm. uh, penis phobic ass woman give this goddamn question. How what you what do you mean never? It, all Cheers. these single men that say they got their shit together never have that have a, a, a place to stay. How are you meeting all these, these men that got their shit together, that, but they never have a place to stay? I'm pretty sure this is one of them bougie-ass women that feel like she got her shit together. So where did he meet you at? Did you go to a club where niggas don't have their shit together? Was you mm-hmm. shot? Did he, do he live in the same neighborhood as you that don't have, that of people that got their shit together, that got homes? How did, he, how did you find out that he had his shit together? Was it after he nutted on you? Or India? Well, how did this? How did this even happen? Like this? This is this is the most hating ass question in the world, man. This this is a lie. Most of the guys that, <laughs> first of all, men that have their shit together don't have to walk around t- saying they got their shit together. But the men that do have their shit together, that don't want to take you on several, two, one or two dates before they offer you back to their house. That's what we do when we, men that have places, they all they they offer you to come to their place so if you was in a in this intertwined with this man he never offered you to come back to his place man please you 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 just a hating you're penis phobic that's what you is you're penis phobic if everybody else can make up phobias i'll make up one you're penis phobic uh, mario well 
Mr. Hardy? Well, well, well. Uh, can you repeat the question again? Because Chris just, you know, I, I, think the, I think the audience, I think the audience. <laughs> I forfeited my whole answer. I'm like, here we go with Chris. Chris. <laughs> I think the answer, uh, I think Chris uh, kind of blew the audience away. Can you repeat the question one more time, um, Horace? Why single men claim to have their ass together but never have a place to stay? Mm. That's a, uh, I'm a, amazing. I'm, um, I think we got to understand what, uh, what do we call shit together? Really? Wait a minute. Well, let me ask the follow up question for you, Hart. Well, as men, what do you consider having your shit together? Right, and I think that's what it is because I think that uh, the way she worded that was, I could see why Chris ain't rough with his feathers because that <laughs> definitely was wrongly worded because you can't say all of nothing the and whole. most of. And then <clears throat> I agree when you um when you say that kind of words right there and group a whole genre of men. Into one thing that's crazy right there because that is show that you talking to those kind of men. Because I know a group of men who got their shit together, and, and, and I think anybody when they run their resume will say they got their shit together and they single men. Mm-hmm. So I think what I consider shit together is I think that uh it's it's really to the eye of the beholder because right now when I might say I got my shit together, you might look at me and say, Mario ain't got your shit together, you know what I'm saying? So I think that you gotta be self-sufficient. To me, just to not beat around the bush, if a man is totally self-sufficient, me and Chris talked about this a lot, and there's certain steps in um in a man's life, I feel like as a man, that you have to be able to say, I can take care of myself self solely. Like, not have the ability to take care of nobody else. I'm just saying myself. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Now, if I could take care of you or add to your life, that's a plus. But I think if you could take care of yourself, I think as a man in this society, you could say you got your shit together. That mean you can pay your own. You know, I don't think you got to have a house. You can have an apartment, but you got to be able to pay it. You can have your own car. You don't have to be, you can be paying payments or it can be an 87 Buick, but you got to have your own. You got to be able to not have to call nobody else and can fend for yourself. Whether it's working two jobs, owning your own business, working for somebody else, you have to be able to be totally self-sufficient. If you're totally self-sufficient as a man, I believe that you have your shit together because Every level is somebody who can meet you there and y'all can grow together. So, you know, it's always somebody richer looking down and saying you ain't shit. So I think that's really uh that's just the way the world is. So that's what I would think, horse. Zay. Well, let's run it back. Zay. Well, no, you want to read the question off. No, you good. I actually I was thinking about that and Hart is correct because I was thinking of the same thing. It depends <clears> on who you're asking. You know, I know individuals who, you know have that stuff quote unquote. let me start from the beginning i'll tell you this most people think of having your shit together as being materialistic and things that they can tangibly touch as having your it's together mm-hmm. but i also know individuals who um quote unquote have it together but don't so for me having it together is going to be mind body so you need to have a presence of mind have it together here be realistic because a lot of people are living in fantasy world <clears throat> out here in this real world and trying to date or 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 build something with somebody off of fictitious goals like that that ain't real that's not that's that's uh fairy tale land that you're in um healthy wise having your ish together in order for you to have it together nigga, you need to be here if you're unhealthy if you're you know what i'm saying not taking care of yourself your body your hygiene you definitely don't have it together last but not least your spirit whatever it is that you align with you know have you something that you can uh 
use as your guidance tool beacon, whatever the case may be, as you go on throughout your life. All of the material things are tangible. You can get. All of us on here get money, self-sustained. I don't call you for anything. You don't call me for anything. We may call each other for a positive uh, word or, or you know, another uh, point of view on something that we're going to do, but none of us don't call each other asking for money. We don't call each other asking for nowhere to stay unless we out of town and we, you know, we crash by each other's spot, but that's okay because guess what? We all have our ish together where you could do that. Or provide some way that, you know, you can help out. So you, I think that that it depends on who that person is and what they're actually looking for when they define having ish together. Because again, all of us, I think, are our own entity. We stand up, we do our own thing. We don't lean on anyone else to make sure that we can get from point A to point B. And that's being self-sufficient, like Hardy said. That's having your stuff together. Can we work and get better? Everyone can. So Let's not be judgmental, people. What you say, Horace? I was going to say that. Well, there's some, everybody has different definitions, and from where you come from, it's going to shape your perspective. So, whether you're a man or a woman, I always say, look at how somebody grew up, and because you know, sometimes it will show you why they will impact why they think like they do, or it'll show you why they see things the way they do. Uh, <clears throat> and I go deep, but. You have different people. Like if, if I grew up rough and my early childhood was full of trauma and struggle, me getting to a point where, hell, I'm sufficient. You know, maybe a job, uh, having mental health or being in good health, that may be to me having my S together. You know, everyone has their own uh, definition. I think that's what shapes our, our blueprints in life. I think where it gets tricky is, is when we try to live up to other people's definitions of what, of what having it together. So for somebody who grew up homeless or somebody who grew up in uh, around substance abuse, having a home with some peace that don't have no trauma and chaos might be what you feel like, hey, I got my stuff together. I'm not where I was before. And I think every generation has obstacles to overcome. Now, when I go back to the original question, it was about why some men have this never had a place to stay. Man shaming. <clears throat> Agreed. But I'm gonna be the man hater. I'm gonna be accused of woman hating on this. It keeps going back to I feel like women lacking responsibility for their actions. Like y'all make these choices. You want to make this Russell Wilson looking dude all the day, and then he don't meet your expectations because you really didn't did because you really want this. You know, uh, listen, a guy, most guys are going to be doing what they want to do with themselves. Whether you're going to either accept it or you don't. But most times we are going to put ourselves in a position where we're comfortable with where we are in life, not where somebody else feels like we should be. So, uh, Chris. Uh, well. I say it like this. I think that um, I, I want to pick it back off of what Zay said. I think it's a mindset is what get, having your shit together means. It starts with a mindset because once you put it, once a man decides what he's going to do, how he's going to do it, and 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 the way you got to execute it, that's when you have your shit together. Because it's not about material things. If we if you if you really do your research, there's people that started 
going back to the first, the uh, original question, there's people that started out homeless. Tyler Perry started out homeless. Steve, I mean, not started out, but at the point of his life was homeless. At the point of, of, of Steve Harvey's life was homeless. He was homeless. Holly Berry, Tiffany Haddish, Steve Jobs. They, mm -hmm. at, at a point in their life, they was homeless. So if you met that person at that point of their life and you're looking down on them, these are future millionaires, billionaires. So to think that to think that it's just about material things is not. It's about a mindset because once you change the mindset, the material things is a is a product of that mindset. So having your what I would tell guys is having your shit together is simply changing your environment, changing the stuff that changing the people that brings you down, changing the um, mindset of I'm not going to work or I'm going to take the easy way out or I'm not going to be consistent. I'm going to you know sit here and watch. TV all day or play video games or just do bullshit like stuff like that. Once a man changes mindset, the material things has to go is gonna come. But as far as as far as a, a, a woman caring about whether you have some place to stay, shit, I'd have to sleep in my car some nights. That's a part of the um. That's a part of the determination. That's a part of the road. Everybody don't have it as good as everybody else. That has nothing to do to, with that character of that man. And for her to be saying. Uh, single men that always that say um they they got their shit together never have a place like how you attract who you are you are the equivalent of a man that does not have his place you may not have you may have your place but you are equivalent of a, of that bum that you think he is you the same one because you keep on attracting that man but did you think you did you think you had your shit together when you were sleeping on your friend girl did I have do I think I had my shit no because I didn't have a mindset. But once I changed the mindset, then yes, I think I think I had my shit together. But when so I was I'm speaking about right, you think you? I'm just asking. You think? Cause I never. Mm -hmm. Let me speak for me. Until I can became self sufficient, I didn't think I had my shit together. Like right now, I don't. I don't. When I think when me, I stand in Orlando and I was room with you, I didn't have my shit together. When I was staying with my other dog and I ain't had no and I couldn't, I couldn't pay the horror, I ain't have my shit together. I'm just saying me. I didn't feel like I. Cause that's the question is. Not are you a good person? Not will you have your shit together? Not can you possibly get your shit together? Not is your mind right to have your shit together? Do you have your shit together? I don't. I don't think I had my shit. Like right now, having a house didn't make me have my shit together. I think when I had my apartment, my two thousand one Acura. Like I'm talking not where I'm at now. I think at that point in my life, I had my shit together. I was saying now I could have got better. Like Xavier said, I could get better. But I felt like as a man. I'm at the okay now. Let's go. Let's build from here. But before that, I think I was trying to get my shit together. That just well, by that definition, by that definition, I don't believe I have my shit together now. What I believe that I have, when I believe that I had my shit together, is when I decided that oh, I'm not, I'm not gonna waste no more time rapping. I'm not gonna waste no more time selling drugs. I'm gonna put my mind in the and focus on being a better father, uh, keeping a keep holding down income. Change, just completely changing my life. So by by that definition, no, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that now because there's so many other things that I want to accomplish that would make me truly feel like I can have my shit together. But uh, that's why I say it's more of a mindset. Like this is what I'm gonna do, and nothing's gonna stop me. That's that's what I got. Well, I'm asking something. This has always been my flag on the plate. I believe me personally <clears throat> that whether if you got your shit together or not, if you're in a place where you you know dating. Or pursuing somebody that's gonna have you compromise or take away from your day to day. I don't think you should be dating. That's me. 
I don't think it should be dead. That should be the last thing in your mind. I, I'm pretty sure if you get some occasional box dropped on your lap, have at it. Take that. Have at it. But I'm saying, ain't no way. Most dudes that I know, they ain't thinking about no box. Well, we do know some, but you ain't thinking about no box if you ain't comfortable with yourself or you know that I'm on the couch or I know I ain't where I need to be. Everybody has a gauge for themselves inside them, but like, this is why I should be. And uh, I, but I will say this on the other end to that female if you meet a dude and he ain't where you per se want him to be, why you stay there? Yeah, how'd he get you? I always say to see this, you know, how they get you, Chris. You know, they probably they Mario says it and, and mm-hmm. Horace says it a lot. I think Horace says it more than Mario does, but you know, they look uh, what Mario's what you said, shallow, they look at the out the exterior. Oh, yeah. that's a nice looking man. Or, He's built right or whatever, and oh, I can see myself with him, but you don't know what's going on inside of that man. You didn't stop. You know, all this stuff that this fluff that women say, oh, I wish he would stop and talk to me. They don't even take that jump seriously because they don't. Once they see something and they like it physically, they're at it. But you don't know what type of turmoil or hell is going on inside of that man, you know, to say have his S together. That's why I made the mention of you meet dudes that have cars and the jewelry and the, and the money, and they don't have a clue. They don't have a clue. They just hit a hot street. But you'll meet a, a, a chick who's a fan going, oh, hot dog got his stuff together. A hot dog don't know where his next meal coming from. He just know that he hot right now. But when it's all over, he doesn't have a plan. Therefore, once that once that, once that, that wave runs out, then he becomes a has-been. And then he becomes talked about it. Well, he did have his stuff going together. I don't know what happened. He fell off. He never had it together to begin with, if you ask me. But... For me, I digress. Go ahead. I know this is a, I know it's a movie, but one of my favorite movies was uh, Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith, and but it was based on a true, true story. I believe that that man had his shit together because his mind was determined on doing what he needed to do. And in that movie, he was homeless. He was ha- he was having to carry his his son around, sleeping in elevators and things like that. I believe it, but his determination and his mindset was what I believe made him feel like made him have his shit together and not be able to be deterred from other from other bullshit and persevere and keep on going that's the one that's one of the few movies that uh, um the ducks and the and the ac start to clog up my eyes and stuff like that and then onions start to be cut and stuff like that but yeah that's that's why i say that's why i think that it's more of a mindset than the physical tangible things it was God's time in what you watched, Chris, because like you said, he was doing the work that it took, but God said, not yet, my son, until God said it was his time, and then, bam, it came together for him. So it's not, not a until... process of getting your shit together? Hmm? So it's that not is. a process of getting your shit together, then? That's, that, that don't... There ha- it has to be a process, it can't, I believe. Because if I think it, it, that's what I'm saying, Like, so then what's the process of getting your shit together, then? Well, see, that's the thing, though, hard. That's the thing, though, hard. I feel like I mean, I had a um, I didn't had a series of beat up cars. At no point in time, I felt like I had my shit together because I just had. Yeah, a car. That's my point. So you know if you never felt like you had your shit together, that's what it means. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, I and maybe that's what I'm wrong. That's what I say. When you feel like I can bull, I can say whatever I want. I'm saying I know at some point in my life I felt this way. Like it ain't like my mind. My shit went together when I decided. My I decided to start getting my shit together, and then I got on that path. Then I got to a point in that path where I said, "Hey, bro, 
Now I feel like a man. I really can take care of myself. Like, I didn't have to bullshit. It don't matter what nobody else said, nobody else leaned. I knew right now, if, no, I, if I don't call nobody and don't pick up my phone, I can totally take care of myself. I felt like my shit was together. Now the world might have said, Mario, you ain't got no house. Mario, you're cold. But I knew this. I can wake up in the morning and then oh, eat a shit. thing. That's when I knew how my shit was together. Now, my mind was made up two years before that to get my shit together. So I got on this on the road to getting my shit together. That's what I believe. That I love that movie you talked about. And I believe Will Smith was on the road and pressing with his kid to get his shit together. That's what I think. Then I believe that we seen him get his shit together and obtain what he wanted. Because it has to be a level of getting your shit together and shit together. It can't just be, I decided to get my shit Dang. together. Not my shit together. Yeah. Now, I don't, that, that's the case, then it's no... There's no Rumble. process of getting your shit together. Can I tell you something? For the, now that we're talking about this, you know, despite how it looked from the from the outside, I think this is the first time that I will feel 100% secure saying I have my shit together. And I've had some decent moments in life, but this is probably the first time I can say I got my shit together where I don't have to worry. Like, when we was over on 34, I was doing okay. had a good job and all that. But I wouldn't feel like I had my shit together. And some people might feel like I did. So I yeah. guess it, it goes back to what you feel as well. Because listen, I might have been working, but I feel like I was still a check away from goddamn uh uh dancing again or something. You know what I mean? It's it's a hundred percent that hard. But you have a say. mental, but you have a mental breakdown every other weekend. Who the fuck? <laughs> you no, I don't. You can but you have a mental Conundrum every day, every other weekend. No, I don't. Right, because that's, that's, that's because the fear of success. That's, Chris, that's what I that's called. Chris not got a fear of success. No, that's no, it's <laughs> a fear of not being having your shit together. That's my yeah. point. That's, that's yeah. why. So if you have a fear of not having your shit together, your mindset ain't changed, but your pockets will. So that's why having your shit together have to have a dollar amount. It has to have a tangible amount because that's the case. I know broke people who are some of the most positive motherfuckers in the world. And I don't think they got their shit together. I'm just, this is me. And maybe I'm looking at it too shallow. I don't think the motherfucker up under the bridge with a beautiful mind have his shit together. Bruh, if I lose everything next week, guess what? I ain't going to get nothing but prayer. Hey, I can't, where I'm going? Who I'm going to go to against all? So, like, so then, bro, that's what I'm saying. So now. then, your mind state don't change. So that, so then what? Your, is your shit still together? No, your shit gonna be going apart at that point. You gonna be a no, man. No, apart. no, it can't be. Cause you said when when your mind when you say your mind is together and you determined to do better, like I agree with the, the analogy that Chris said. I believe that's when you start getting your shit together. When you start playing, when you start understanding life that you have to mature, you have to have sacrifice, you have to have dedication. That's the beginning steps to the process of getting your shit together. You you when you become a man and put childish things away. That's the steps and towards getting your shit together. Then you're gonna get to a level. To the beginning of getting your shit together, the bare minimum is I can take care of myself. Well, Horace, now you don't got a house, you got a new truck. That's that's another level of that. I'm saying what Chris was saying. Me and Chris have been in places together where both of us didn't know what nothing was coming from and all that kind of shit. We was figuring it out. We have our shit together right now. Chris, right now, where you at right now? He can. Wake up in the morning and take care of his fucking self wholeheartedly. 
So now from now from then you want to expound on that and get better, but you have your shit together. That's what I think that girl like right now. It's a lot of dudes out here who be saying, Yeah, nigga, I'm a kid. Bro, you're not. You don't have see. I, I like to be realistic with my fellas because iron sharper than mm-hmm. I felt like I, I felt like I was the shit when I wasn't shit. And that but held me back like a lot that. in life. That held me back a lot in life. Cause people say, Oh, you look oh this, and I was charismatic and all that shit, but I really didn't have shit. But in my mind, bro, when I woke up and said, bro, hold up, I got to get my shit together. <laughs> That's when I began to get my shit together. I didn't have my shit together that day I decided that, though. That's all I'm saying. That day that I woke up and said, bro, I got to get my shit together. I ain't have my shit together. I ain't have shit. So then I had to say, hold up, let me get my credit together. Let me get that. Because that's what I, Chris, I hear you all the time say, before I get my, I got to get my shit. I got to get this more, more stuff as a man. I got to get Cause you gotta feel like your shit together. Then you feel like I could bring somebody else into my life. And then, but right now, I've been there. I'm working on me. Yeah. But before I can even talk to any woman, anything else, I gotta work on me. I gotta be totally. Self- and I, re- I said, bro, I feel you. I had. And when you said it to me, I told you, you have to do that because I don't. Because if you get with a woman before that, you're not gonna feel. You're gonna feel inadequate. Mm-hmm. And I agree with that. When you, I have been with women who had their shit together, and I didn't. And they was trying to help me, but it wasn't the same. Because I, I, you don't feel like you pulling your weight. Like I can, it's a difference when you know that I can take care of myself 100%. You can take care of your 100%. Now you might have more money, but I'm saying we both self sufficient and we get together. It's like, shit, okay, now let's build. That's a different thing. That's why I didn't think that. Right. Hey, we bringing Ira Shields. You in the comment? We're bringing Ira Shields back on in a week or two. However, I want to talk to you about Chris, who triggers me on air. We need you once again. All right. He's been angry. I call him the Hulk. He's bringing stuff on air. And it's like, it's just, you know, we really want to keep ironing, you know, getting sharper Absolutely. and sharper. Ivory. Please. Thank you. Go ahead, Chris. I'm getting picked. <laughs> Watch your mouth, man. Hey, are we gonna do the last question, man? Or we, yeah, go ahead. We pose speed round it. Let's do it. I don't do nothing quick, Zay. Oh man, that's not what I heard. <laughs> okay, you got one coming. Listen, <laughs> that's what she said. Oh man, God dang it. Do give you free work. Hey, listen, um, <clears throat> this is a serious question, man, but it's going to be the speed round. And I'm really going to pull. Damn, I can't say that. Listen, I'm going to go and, and ask you guys to be sincere on this one. And because Chris has given me trouble tonight, I'm going to switch the order. What's the best thing that I learned from a woman? And I am going to go in the order of Mario, Chris, me and Zay. Mario. Chris, you're on deck too. That that um the first thing I learned is no matter what they tell you, you gotta be a man for yourself. Like one thing for sure that every woman is no it's no group of this this how women think. Every woman think different, every woman have their point of view. So if you go off of what a woman tell you a man gonna be, or what a woman tell you a man should do, or what a woman think you should do. And you're gonna be a lost soul. You gotta gather yourself together. You gotta seek refuge. And then right now we lost for mentorship. So you gotta gather mentorship from older brothers, not older women, not sisters. 
like from older brothers because iron sharpen iron. So one thing I learned from women, that's that's the biggest thing. And my mama always used to tell me, I can't teach you how to be a man. And that's true. Like she cannot. So no matter how much she nurture you, you got to go learn it, how to be a man. And I think that you should seek it out from other men. So I learned that from a woman that I, a woman can't tell me or teach me or, or mold me how to be a man because they don't know. The unreasonable man. Well, um, what I've learned from a woman is the, the right woman can make you a millionaire. I absolutely believe this because I've seen it. I've seen women make men millionaire. Now, they was originally a billionaire before they met her, but that's neither here nor there. What I will say is this. I, uh, <clears throat> what I learned from women is having this 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 ability to feel as though whatever position that I'm in, I deserve the greatest, the some of the something something great. I didn't see women in terrible position and still want something, want the greatest man, the greatest job. And I and it, and yes it's it's a sense of entitlement, yeah. but that belief can if you can harness that belief, the power of that belief in the right way, you can probably uh, manifest that. So I, I I I get on women about that, but that is that I think that is something that you need this 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 belief that I deserve the best. I deserve more than what I what I am. Yes, I yes I grew up in this area, but I don't deserve. I deserve to be in the Trump Towers or whatever. But um. You know, just just I, I, that's what I think I've learned from women. Just this just this whole belief of no matter where I am, no matter what position I am in my life, no matter what I've done in my past, I still deserve great. So that's what I think. Well, listen, you know what? You had a quote one time that women struggle with accountability, men struggle with responsibility, right? Yeah. Okay. What I learned from a woman is going back to my grandmas, those old women, those old ladies in the family. I learned two things from now, responsibility and the importance of one person. Why is that important? Those women, when our uncles and granddaddies was out there cutting the food and doing whatever they was doing, that one woman kept the family together. And despite her own personal heartbreak and things she had to endure, those mamas and grandmas put everything on their back and made sure that that family stayed intact and made sure things got done, no matter what was going on elsewhere outside. So I learned that sometimes it ain't fair, but knowing sometimes you're going to carry a lot on your back for the sake of other generations. And I learned that. I learned that from Josephine. I learned that from my great-grandmother. And I wish women understood how important you are to the world, how vital you are to the black family. But I have learned that the, the importance of being that one person, just like when me and Chris, Chris talks about his life, like Chris is important to his next generation. Despite whatever he went through before, he has stood in the gap to make sure the next generation is not going to incur the things that he might have faced. Uh, with Zay, like we actually have to understand that it might suck, like Chris tell me all the time, being a big brother is a sucky job. But think about how many people benefit from your suffering and you standing tall in, in those moments. So 
I learned responsibility and the importance of one person. Think about somebody who who sacrificed to make sure your life is better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Harris, that definitely sucks. That 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 big brother. I'm not even a big brother, even though I'm regarded as such a big brother, big, brother big uncle, big cousin, and it, it does because it's a lot of pressure on you. Um, I think uh, if I look back at life and I look at you know what's the one or the best thing that a woman has taught me or that I've learned from them, it's compassion because men don't teach that. You understand what I'm saying? And when you are teaching, when you are that 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 what's it that bridge to the next generation you got to be compassionate because so badly you want for them to get it and it's just not time yet and you still have to deal with them with a level of understanding and still be uh to persevere inside of that to get that lesson across so like you were saying uh horace where for you it was the matriarch in your family even though you know she may have ran into heartbreaks or or in things of that nature she still stood strong in the face of adversity to keep that family together i learned that because in my household it was me and my mom most of the time so she was very compassionate she always seen the the, the best side of everyone even the people that weren't worth a damn and i i lose my mind at it now as a grown man when she tells me about things that she sees others doing that she wished that they wouldn't do and i want to know why she cares so much but then i also looked at myself and I'm one of those people that be caring about things like that. Mario talked to me about it all the time. I'm like, damn, you know what? That's where I picked that lesson up from. But I also understand that there, I also understand that there is a, a balancing act that has to go. So inside of that lesson of being learned from a woman, I also learned that a man is necessary in the dynamic of a household, especially a black household, because we're already started off two steps behind. Or a step behind. I think Richard Pryor, the great Richard Pryor said, uh, you got to stay two steps ahead because they're going to try to put you one back. So we already start off behind the eight ball without there being a father figure. It, it, the best thing I learned from a woman is that, that a man is needed. But then, like I said, the second lesson that I learned from them was compassion. Uh, try to be uh, as deal with everything with integrity and transparency and just have compassion for others for where they are in life uh you know hope for the best expect the worst and you know if they if they like it you gotta love it that's that's what i learned from a woman best lesson too all right and in roundabouts guess what guys you guys have successfully completed another show i thank you for your vulnerability i know sometimes uh it is not wanted so when i have to go and tap into chris Chris, you know, I'm making Chris go from Hope to can't say Tevin Campbell. That would be a bad example. Please don't use uh, an alternative lifestyle. I can't even think of anybody <laughs> like that. You know I mean? From Hope to Drake, you know what I mean? So, listen, everybody, we thank you for joining us on another week of the Black Super Friends Monday Night Raw. I ask that you guys um, please submit a video question or give us some topics. Next week, I'm going to make we're going to have a different show because uh, those guys on that side are going international, so they would not be here unless they purchase internet access. So, next week's show should be interesting and scary at the same time. It will be me 
and the unreasonable man. <laughs> he gonna have hey, he gonna attack you again. <laughs> it's gonna be hey. late this night, man. We gonna have a number of women on this thing. <laughs> he gonna he gonna attack you again too. You better bring your armor. We can, <laughs> nah, we have the latest night next <clears throat> Monday. Y'all can't have latest night without me. What you we mean? Break we break through. We break them through though. You know what I'm saying? We, we might have to show up and show our show our illustrious uh surroundings because you know, know. We, we listen. Let me tell you something. We believe in working hard, but we believe in vacation. Okay, we finna unplug, but we'll plug what, in for y'all. This is what Tiana Trump doing that Monday. Damn. Hey, the loose say she she deserve um David Banner. You deserve Bruce Banner. <laughs> <laughs> When he's scared, to, when he's scared to become the host. Listen, close the comments. Let's go to the person who is riding the winning street that he's never rode before, Mister Hardy. Hey man, I appreciate y'all, man. Two thousand six, we were fourteen to two. Um, I appreciate y'all. Uh, Two thousand, me sixteen. Uh, I appreciate y'all coming by to the Black Super Friends and um, stopping by, having your comments and tuning in, man. We without us, there's no you. You wouldn't be having nothing to do on Monday nights if we didn't come. So how about you keep us coming? Yep. <laughs> Paul. <laughs> no, I agree wholeheartedly. Keep it coming. And, keep um, coming. and um, uh, share the page, man. Share the page, share the page, share the page. We always say that, man. Now I say it like I'm a, a, a one of the water boys in Atlanta begging for a dollar. But we need y'all to share the page, man. Because if you share the page, we can increase our wage. So uh, we're going to keep mm-hmm. y'all uh, coming back. With all our facts, so uh, share the page, man. Just share the page. Thank you. Well, ladies, man, talk to him, brother. I always say tag a friend and let them in. Share our page, as my brother said. You know, we appreciate y'all coming in. We also realize it's Monday night football. The guys that came through, we appreciate y'all. We want y'all to become more vocal because the women are giving us hell, guys. Share the page. Don't just tell us when you see us out in public or in our inbox, man. You know, we're men. We speak up. Speak up. Say something. Come through with a topic that we can discuss. It may be something that women do that irks you because they definitely come through and tell us about what we do that irks them. And we have to talk on it and defend you guys. Y'all, you know, y'all big us up and y'all tell us thank you for our words and everything like that. But they want to hear from y'all. So I'm going to encourage you to share the page with some guys who may speak up or just tag them in the comments because you know that they've been having some issues in the area that we're discussing at that time. I'm also going to thank every last woman that give up a, a comment or a topic idea. Because, again, like my, Mario said, like Mark, my man Mario said, without us, it won't be no you. What would you do on Monday nights without us? We love right. you just as much as you love us. Thank you, Ms. Williamson, for tuning in. And to Zay's point, we'll be out in public. I've actually been recognizing people to say, hey, oh, I watch our show. I mean... It'll be the, you'll be amazed at who stops and like, oh, I, I see y'all show, man. The podcast good. Da, da, da. I'll be like, why well, won't you comment? Oh, man, you know, I don't really read that stuff. Uh, just comment, like, share. Right. Oh, man. The unreasonable man. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that because <clears throat> our last week um, Instagram views was low. So I ain't finna be nice about this shit, man. Like the page, share the page, and comment. Uh, YouTube does that you know how much effort it takes to do that? None. It takes no effort to do that, man. Y'all, y'all, y'all sit up here, soak up all this game for uh hours and change every Monday. The least you can do, and I do mean the least you can do, is press the share button, is comment and press like. 
something like that. Subscribe to the YouTube page. Now, when when we start dropping this cash out, I'm gonna start asking for some money too. Give oh me, yeah, by the way, pass, we're gonna pass around the collection plate. So and it's coming. It is coming. But uh, so is the merch. The merch so is, is coming. So is the merch. Also, we I'm, we're doing um uh product sponsorship. You know, you got a product that you want us to sponsor. You know, you Get can come us. to us, holler at us, we'll sponsor it. You, we, all we need from you is a discount code to let us track uh, what we what we bring in, and then we'll talk. We'll discuss the numbers later. But uh, well, no, we're gonna discuss the numbers first. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, uh, I uh, honestly, man, I appreciate y'all for coming, man. Y'all could have been in anywhere in the world, but you're here with me and us, and I appreciate that. There ain't nobody coming to see you, Otis. Chris, see your point. Ladies, stay out my DMs and make it and comment. They'll tell me stuff about the show in the DMs, but won't comment on the page. I had somebody today give me a shut up and dribble type analysis saying, we already got one date, doctor. We don't need another. I was like, well, I can't oh, have a talk. Wow. Like, wow. You draw some knowledge, though. That was some game. They ain't like that. You, you blew up their spot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's how I know. Oh, wait a minute. Talk about um that video. Wait a minute. You don't want to Which one? You was on that video. Never nope. It wasn't me. Never mind. She getting she get thick too now. <laughs> I make sure she know. <laughs> she getting thick, thick too. That was hilarious, by the way. Yeah. The comments yeah. just showed me how shallow people are. Little do they know. Man. All, good. All right. Well, shout out to Dave Simone. Oh, having no, we, got topic, we, got topic. we talked about that Drogon. We'll bring it back up, though. We don't understand it. Well, we bring it to the forefront again. Father. I don't know because he got a double follow up question. Why man lead their children? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without you know what he should add to that without blaming the woman because a lot of people be like, oh man, she tripping, but okay, she tripping. It's still your child. We don't <laughs> hear that shit, I heard it was a song. It was the first of September. <laughs> it was <laughs> September gone now. Yeah, man. Listen, it was in the song. All right, thank y'all for joining in another episode of the Black Super Friend. See you soon. Please hit that share button.